You know, this is why I'm a Christian. <laughs> I know you have no idea what I'm saying right now, but but this is why I'm a is Christian. Just in case, <laughs> just just in case you you get to the to the pearly gates, <laughs> they're like, wait, 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 no, hold on. no, no, no. Hard. It's not I'm a gold just, member. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Not just in case. Not just no, no, in no. case. It's it's kind of like C.S. Lewis said. I believe in Christianity like I believe in the rising of the sun, not because I can see it, mm-hmm. but because by it I can see everything else and. You know, even just talking about the kind of ideas that you guys were talking about, it 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 makes sense to me, mm. even from the Bible. Like the Bible, like speaks on the same kind of ideas that you were talking about, the yeah. same kind of ideas that you were yeah. talking about. And I'm like, it it's there's no other worldview that I have found that is more true to life than Christianity, because. Uh, when you're talking about man, like uh, regardless of a person's religion, there's still all you know. Like I still know a lot of people that are atheists. This religion, this religion, this religion. They're you know good people. Yeah. And then some inside of religions that you know hide behind their religion uh, to do evil, uh, yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah. And uh, not, not to get too specific, but just for a moment, uh, that is directly addressed. In the first chapter of Romans, first and second chapter of Romans, hmm. and it talks about you know people that had no there's no no Bible no scriptures, um, no one to go preach to them, but because they could observe about the universe, this sense that there is purpose here, there's meaning here, this must be from something someone whatever because they acknowledged god and in whatever way they were able to conceive him conceive of him or it or however you want to say it in their minds and from this moral compass it's it's kind of i wouldn't necessarily say innate but genuinely given to us from that creative god the bible says it, it they became the law for themselves. That is to say, they naturally did the things that God desired. And it talks about people who have the law, who refuse to acknowledge God and, and, and chased after their own selfish desires. God gave them over to those desires. So when I think about it, the two things that are my top priorities are truth and purpose. Yeah. I, and 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 I don't care who you are. I'm pretty sure that on, when you're thinking about it, when you're honest, <laughs> those are the main. Things those that, are the yep, main yep. things. Because those are the main things you want when you get your paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> like when I go to the bank with this. Yeah. Is that money going to be there to be to be withdrawn from you know whatever account and put into my account? Uh, those are the main things you think about when you choose your spouse mm-hmm. or any relationship for that matter. Or any relationship. Yeah. It's honestly every move you make, you're thinking about truth and purpose, whether consciously mm-hmm. or unconsciously. Every time you turn on your car, you expect like there's purpose in you turning that key. It's going to start up right, right. when you turn that key. And it's kind of confusing to me when it comes to uh, the ultimate end of our life, uh, when it comes to the nature of my existence and... 
uh, what 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 happens at the end of my existence or beyond the existence that I'm aware of. Um, we we don't really think about truth and purpose. We think about well, I want it to feel this way. I want I want it to agree with with how I look, how I think, how I feel, and mm-hmm. and everything else. Well, I, I don't really care what I agree with. I care what's true. And there's there's probably a lot of things that I found in the Bible that I didn't immediately agree with, right? Because uh, I didn't immediately understand. And and there are still things I I don't agree with. Like why the heck couldn't you know men why why do they have to have their heads uncovered when they went into the temple? I love hats. Right. right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's yeah. what's the deal with that? And and you know modern churches still some of them still trying to enforce that. And I'm yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, and and I can't really wrap my mind around like what was the purpose in that because if I could then I would understand whether or not I still need to do that or not but I don't so you know like when people like make me aware of that and maybe I have a bad hair day under there I'll still take it off because like I'm, I'm more ready to believe the Bible than my own ideas about the universe. Well, I will say, so, so a couple of things, because like you're saying a lot here and I'm like every time you're I'm like oh I got thought here I got thought here and, like all these things like so I want to say, first mm-hmm. of all, um, I want to clarify as far as like my own uh, experience is concerned with this, like mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about earlier, part of the reason why I strayed away from, from uh, Christianity or religion in general during those teenage years, those mm-hmm. uh, years of rebellion was uh, not just because of, you know, like quote unquote atheistic arguments that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these things we were talking about before, but part of it was seeing that corruption. Like, so, so uh. it, it's, it's, because you see all these people that I would see those people at church and I would see the way they would act right after church, yeah. how it just immediately they go back to just being shitty people, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but then they still think, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm good though. It's like, you know, like you know, that then, kind yeah, of thing. Mentality, mm-hmm. God forgives. Yeah, yeah. I can do yeah. shitty things. Oh, man. Me. Yeah. Yeah. There's this one. Yeah. It's like, like you don't really have to try. Cholos right? are like that really bad. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but like, uh, that's, that's the interesting thing about um, uh, meeting you, for instance, because I think we, you know, we worked at insert blank name hamburgers. It's not a salsa, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. Uh, and it's funny because I only worked there for like three months, and then you oh, know, really? it was yeah. only three months. It was. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, I was only there. For, well, maybe four, three or four months. It was such a short. I remember. Of time. I remember uh, how how you how you left. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what, what? What? Because it's Tuesday or because Monday. it's Monday? It was Monday. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's still still one of my proudest memories. Of my, because because I stuck by my convictions there. Like, I mean, have you heard this story, Joseph? Do you know what I'm talking about? You need you need to hear. I okay. So so around that time, I was still doing the the Americult thing, like band practice, whatever. And I was serious mm-hmm. about it. So we would have regular band practices on Monday. That was like a day, if not, you know, at, we at least practiced on Mondays and then sometimes other days, whatever, unimportant. But Mondays was important. And so I specifically requested when I got hired that I was like, I need to have off Mondays because I have, you know, whatever. It's none of their business what yeah, I need. You have personal- I have personal things that I need to do on Monday and I need that day off. And there's this one week that I was scheduled on a Monday and I was like, mm, you know, and I remember mentioning to them, I was like, oh, I'm on the schedule Monday. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, you know, and sure enough, when that day came around, you know, because in my head, it's just, you know, me just being like, yeah, fuck that, you know, so, yeah. so, you know, I woke up that Raging morning. the machine. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So I woke up and that morning I called in, you know, and it's so funny because they knew, you know, but I was thinking like, 
what are they going to do? What are they really going to do? Like, so I called in, uh, oh, yeah, I can't come and say, uh, oh, you can't? And they knew why, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why not? Are you, are, are you sick? I was like, no, it's a, it's, it's a Monday. <laughs> can't come in because now, it's a Monday. For everyone in the store <laughs> who had no idea about the band practice or whatever, mm-hmm. when we heard, when she got off the phone and she came back and told us, like, yeah, he said he can't work because it's, it's Monday. Like <laughs> all of us, just like that was his excuse. Just floored, laughing, floored. Like but, oh but my god! Had you, had you ever missed a day prior to that? Uh, I don't think so. No, no, no. no I don't recall. No. This. So yeah, she shouldn't have even questioned you then. But but, right, but, cool. it, but it felt so good getting off it that really, phone. Because I'm like, what are you guys? Gonna, what are you going to come pick me up and bring? That's like, <laughs> true. That office space type of like thing. Yeah, because it was, it's Monday. It was, <laughs> it was that moment. Yeah, and I remember like walking I into to work it. the next day, and there. And they're just looking at me like I loved it, and I was just like, <laughs> "What?" They didn't even, like they they talked to me about it. They talked to me. I didn't get in trouble. They talked. They're like, "You can't be doing that." I was like, "Yeah, okay, well, whatever." Like, I did. They I were, that was because, the worst management team like in yeah. history. So yeah. it's whatever. If anything, but and I, I, ended, I, I ended up quitting a month later. Yeah, anyway, I don't like how they point the blame to you when you specifically told them ahead of time no. that you couldn't work a Monday. Yeah. It's like that's your fault. Like yeah. not my fault. Yeah, that exactly. Come in. And I'm thinking, I'm like, this is you know, this is a you know. Burger establishment, like this isn't did, a, this did, isn't a did, career did, move. This you know, uh, Pepe, <laughs> hey, it's I, more upscale burger I, place. I, I went right? there. I went there uh, maybe about a month ago. Pepe's still on grill, mm. still freaking there. That sounds like a grill man. That that Pepe the grill master. That uh, that other girl's still there too. The other older one. Uh, yeah, I've 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 seen a few people still there before, and I'm like, it's whoa! Like, I'm thinking like, how what? long has it freaking been? Like, like that was like 11 years ago. Oh wow, that dude. blows oh. my mind. I'm like, I've been thinking. Like, like what's keeping you here? Like, are you kidding me? Like, and I'm not again. Not try. I sound like a you know kind of jerky saying that, but it's, no, just, it's I like, can't. I can't wrap my head around it. It's I'm like, like when, when they remove the cage from around the bear, and he just still walks the same yeah, square. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially with those like ridiculous fifteen minute breaks. You get oh. eight hour shift. You get a fifteen minute break. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, isn't that against uh, the law? Like, yeah. oh, just you know, come I'm, on. They were doing a lot of illegal things over there. Yeah, that was good yeah. burgers though. Good, good freaking burgers. Good burgers from, from unnamed burger <laughs> that's, establishment. That's slave labor. <laughs> sure turns out some really great meat. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's the uh, extra flavor there. Um, yeah, sweat and tears and blood. <laughs> and tears. That's why the meat's so salty. Yeah. It's all the sweat and tears. <laughs> oh man, it's so unfortunate. Uh, that young people still go into that place looking for a job. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> anyway, it's it's amazing that they still have business though. Like it how, is. They, how, like no idea. Isn't just like the patty like six bucks or something like that? Something crazy like that. Yeah, something like that. I can't forget that one guy that bought two patties for his dogs. Like every time, it's like I wish I was it's, that rich to not know what to do with my money. Right <laughs> there, you guys. Fifteen fifteen dollars <laughs> on the dog every day. <laughs> Because yeah. he earned it. I don't know. I don't. I don't even remember where we were in our conversation. Okay. So uh, no, I was. So I was saying. I was just going on a little bit of a tangent there, saying that that to me, that's one of the reasons why when when uh, I met you and mm-hmm. like that's how that connection happened. Because I was like I said, I was only there for a short amount of time, mm-hmm. but we've had a lasting friendship over the past eleven 
you know, yeah. years or so. So it's, it's like freaking years. I know it's been so long, right? It's crazy to think about. It's like, like we're adults now, it's right? Crazy. It's, isn't that strange? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel like it now, but um, uh, particularly because I remember you know us all getting together, all the guys from work playing poker, and then like oh, those are good days. Those are good days, and then me and you would always like kind of divert from everything else and just be like start talking about philosophy and religion and it was just like this is this is cool like someone to bounce this stuff (laughs) off of and you are the first intelligent and and reasonable and rational (laughs) christian that i had met you know and i you know and i'm not trying to you know talk talk crap about my own you know upbringing here but it's just it's just (laughs) my world of seeing people like that it's just like people that were uh, reluctantly obeying or just obeying because they thought uh, they were just trying to, you know, carve their own path into heaven, that kind of thing, and just like yeah, blind I, blind faith kind of thing. I think that's or, the difference between him and, or, and like, he, just the short time that yeah. I've known you, I think that's the difference between you and, and other people that I've met mm-hmm. um, that follow Christianity. I feel like you're, most people who follow it are, are doing it for... They, 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 they want to get that they want that pass they want yeah. that golden ticket yeah yeah and instead and, of just living like a normal person yeah. and just being a good person and then they resent other people because they're they they're making their sacrifices and they just try to shame other people into making the same sacrifice because like hey i'm sacrificing all this good stuff you should be doing the same thing and yeah. like yeah. you're going to hell and that's like that kind of person <laughs> yeah. and and most people that I knew that were pushing Christianity had that mindset, or at least, you know, like family, well, family I, members I, I saw I think, and other people. It was just like, <laughs> I, it was hard for me to buy into that. Yeah, yeah. And you see the corruption so rampant and you're just like, nah, I'm out. And that's because like it is, it really is systemic. I think uh, intelligent people are being stolen from the church. And, and the reason why I say it in that way is because like, as soon as people begin to ask difficult questions, we don't we don't really have enough people that have put thought into it, that are prepared to offer reasonable answers, mm-hmm. or, or at least we don't have enough people locally. <laughs> um, there are pr- plenty of brilliant minds inside of Christianity. I, I quoted one of them earlier, Ravi Zacharias. Um, William Lane Craig, like I'd love those guys, but we don't see that in you know the church down the street <laughs> because our our education system, um, most especially college, is really making this kind of separation between intelligent, reasonable thinking and religion, and even the way that we raise our children uh, and the public school system. It really doesn't teach us to apply thought and reasoning to religion. You can think about, think and reason about any other sort of thing, you know, uh, science, uh, history, whatever, but don't really apply thought and reasoning to a system of faith because then you could actually say something that matters. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like, that's why we're taught, oh, don't talk about, uh, you know, religion and politics because, you know, they matter. Well, can I can I also say one of the main reasons why um, I've been turned off by religion in general is putting the mighty the mighty dollar mm. with religion. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like um, let's let's take Caleb for instance. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever listened to Caleb. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it, it's on all the time where I work. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that made me laugh about that 
is it, this is a station that plays positive music mm-hmm. they spread positive like, uh, stuff I love their po- positive music I hate that it all sounds the same yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't like the poppy aspect of it. But the one thing that really irritated me is, and, and again, I understand why they do it, but at least I want to say maybe every three to six months, I'm not sure. Yeah, they, probably every six months. They have uh, these fundraisers where they're raising money mm-hmm. to support the station because they don't have any advertisements. So they rely on people to send money. Now, if they promoted it as such, I wouldn't have a problem with it. The issue I have with it is the way the DJs try to get people to donate. They use God to get people to donate. And they, they'll tell stories of like, like I know you're probably not feeling like donating right now, uh, but when you call, you know, anything helps. Do what God tells you. Let God speak to you. You're talking about like all those televangelists as well, like that kind of personality where the you know they got like the the personal jet and all that stuff like that. And they say it's because God gave it to them. Yeah. Well, I don't, like. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that anybody at Caleb has a personal jet. Yeah. Well, I doubt that. You know, not, not yet. They, I mean, they're, they're still want their wages paid for uh, sure. Yeah. Wait, wait till they put up the GoFundMe page for their personal jet. Well, <laughs> no. for me, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's that I'm a person that, that I'm, 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 I'm very honest uh, mm-hmm. in my everyday life. And I don't, I don't like bullshit. I'd like to cut straight to the chase. Um, I'm a man of integrity, and I can say that proudly. Um, So when I hear people using other things to get what they want instead Mm. of just coming out and saying it, that Mm. bothers me. You know, I I honestly had to check myself with that um, maybe about a month ago. Um, You got people to give you money for a jet, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you got here? You caught me. That, that's how you got here. I knew I heard a strange noise outside. Right? No, I got. I came on my helicopter this time. See, oh. uh. but but I I I'm a missionary with San Antonio Youth for Christ, and it's hard to think. Oh, missionary, but uh, you live here. But yeah, yeah, still still missionary. So, and that's my my only employment. So everything that I make is based off of donation. And unfortunately, like Youth for Christ is not like a church where we have like members to donate or. Or anything like that. So the the way that we get our money is we literally just gotta go and ask people, go to businesses, believe that we're what we're doing, to see if they'll partner with us. Go to you know individuals that we know that you know want to support us, whatever. So um, about a month ago, I was talking to like a super old family friend. You know, we had a conversation. I you know I I I gave him I gave him like the straight up reality of like what this is, what we're doing, what kind of an impact we're making. But when it came to the ask, when it came to saying like, Hey, like, um, you know, after all this spiel, like, and he already knew, you know, what I was talking to him about, what I was calling him for, you know, I asked him if he would, you know, consider donating. And then, and then I threw in there the little like, Hey, you know, like usually people donate from this range to this range, but you know, I don't want to limit God, you know, you know, just pray and consider what, what, what God would have you do. And if I'm honest, when I think about, like, most aspects of my life, yeah, God gives me so much freedom and choice. Like, he's not going to tell me, you know, you need to donate $50. No, it's just like, if you want to donate, you go, sure, donate. Like, you got this much money, this much wiggle room, you can give what you want to give. And he retorted back to me, and was like, oh, I don't think it's a matter of, you know, what God would want me to do. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, 
you know you're right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, because that would have been my answer. My thing would have been like, it, it, it's more of like, I'm going to donate the amount that I want to donate based on how much I agree with the cause. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And I mean, because certainly if he had an, uh, an, a limitless <laughs> access to funds, you know, he'll donate a crazy amount or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I think when we're, we're honest about that, this is very rarely, even for for people that uh, believe in theism or any kind of idea of God, it's very rarely that I think that God would be so constraining on your finances to tell you, you know, put $5 over here, $5 over here, you know, you pay that one seventy eight. Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah. God, um. God, God, God wants fifty or no more miracles. <laughs> but but we do have to understand. Like this is that, that's like if I don't if you don't donate, I literally like don't eat. Like um, like that is that is the method and means of my survival. And I can't charge the people that I serve. These are kids that most often their families are super broke to begin with. And, the, so, and those lazy kids aren't working. Oh no, those lazy, <laughs> lazy freaking bums <laughs> don't give a penny. Uh. <laughs> but that's kind of that's the thing that I, I find funny because it even boils down to like even like with Facebook posts. I, mm. I you know how many of my cousins I've pissed off and my aunts because they know that I'm not a religious person, but they'll post one of those posts that says share this and money will God will grant you money. Mm-hmm. I always leave that comment like God doesn't work that way. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, I, "How do you know you're not?" I, I, I always, I always, I, I hate, I hate those posts. Like, yes. how, like, how are you trying to control what God does? Share this, or you're going to hell. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not how it works, sir. I'm, I'm <laughs> against any kind of chain post thing oh, at all. Like, oh, yeah, even if so I totally disgusting. agree with it, I'm just like, I'm not going to give into this. No, like, no, I don't no. want to do this. Like, no. no, you're not going to make. You're not going to pressure me into. <laughs> reposting something like no i will not join your propaganda train because <laughs> i never because you never know where it started and that's what i'm always thinking i was like who started this and why like somebody yeah, yeah, did this yeah somebody's just testing you know what to the, see how the, far the reach is you know what like, I, how long man, it's gonna take before it yeah, comes back yeah exactly yeah, i hate the one like equals one prayer no one prayer <laughs> equals one prayer you idiot <laughs> but yeah so like there, there's certainly a financial need there, and I think if if uh, Christian institutions were more prepared to speak to the reality of that need, it's like, yeah, we need you guys to donate so that we can continue doing what we do. Otherwise, we have to pick up side jobs, which means we're less effective. See, and I can, re- I can, I can respect that honesty because I look at it like that. That falls along the lines of what we do with with what we're doing, like the podcast, what we're doing with music. You know, oh, yeah. we, we're in the industry music-wise mm-hmm. that musicians don't make the money they used to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we have to, if we want to make a living off of that full-time, we have to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. This is, I feel like that kind of goes along the same lines with religion. I, I don't have a problem with people donating to a cause. Mm-hmm. What I do have an issue with is when people try to use trickery, if you mm-hmm. will, and, and and it 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 genuinely comes from an honest place because you know there's biblical founding like hey God instituted this kind of concept where in the Old Testament with the Levites like the Levites were not given any out of all the tribes in Israel they were not given any land no property for which to live on they weren't allowed to work 
to earn money. The only kind of work that they did was to take care of the temple and the holy place and all this other kind of stuff. And the only way that they could survive is if the other tribes gave into the tithe, a tenth of all of their earnings to the tribe of Levites. And, and that's how that entire tribe and all their families made money to, to trade, to, to get clothing, housing, food, everything. So that, that was a biblical institution. God instituted this need for people to give for those that were doing this particular work. And, and if Christians believe that this kind of work of ministry is something that has an eternal impact on everybody's life, then it's kind of the most essential job that there is. Not to say that we don't need doctors and lawyers or even garbage men. We certainly need all of those things. Uh, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, what we need is eternity. So as much as I would want my doctor to not uh, be spending half of his time at McDonald's, uh, <laughs> um, I don't want him flipping burgers to make money and then coming to do my surgery. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I totally agree with you, and and you're you're doing what what, what you love, obviously, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't sound like you're trying to make millions. Oh no, you, you want to live a humble life. You seem like a very humble individual. Yeah. But again, there are some. People. Yeah, I don't know what, what these pastors with like helicopters and planes. Maybe if you got a plane to like. No, I would I would say if you got your own private jet to go and be a missionary and all over parts. No, just get on a buy a plane ticket. You don't need Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that, that's why I was going to go with that because yeah. you figure you figure these these guys who have these big ministries, right? Mm-hmm. If you're flourishing that well off of others, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do the work of God and spread that amongst your ministry? Mm-hmm. To make sure that everybody in your ministry is able to eat, you know and everybody's what, able to eat. You know what? Well. That yes. that is the most disgusting thing that I see at like really large churches here in America. It's, oh yeah. Um, like you have this one pastor that just gets wads of money, like yeah. the senior like pastor, those, those everything. Mega like that. churches and those, stuff like that. Those mega churches. <laughs> no, like yeah, we're all preaching, teaching God's word. Like much respect to you guys, but at the same time, there's so many talented ministers inside of their serving that have no paycheck and i'm like what the heck are you doing see and that comes off hypocritical to me because mm-hmm. you're absolutely you're trying to, to to have this balance and and this this love and positivity that you're spreading yet you have people in your ministry that it, will never have what you have it's simply mm-hmm. practice what you preach that's really exactly. what, it, what it needs to be it's like if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna do that be fair Mm-hmm. Give to those people that are serving you and helping your cause, you know. Exactly. Well. And other, you know, members of the church as well too. I would think, you know, just spread, oh, yeah. spread the wealth. Like, you why know, hoard the, it? The, <laughs> exactly. The, the another use for the original institution of the tithe was to take care of of the people that literally could not financially take care of themselves, like w- women and children in that time period in that region of the world uh, were not educated. They were not allowed to work. So, you know, if you, you have a husband that dies and you have, you know, really young children or, 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 or single women, some of them, you know, of course, you know, went to go marry their next of kin and that was how they survived. But others, they, they had no next of kin and they were just widows and orphans just out there. And the tithe was used to, to take care of those families in particular, hopefully until their, their young boys became old enough to, to work and join normal society again. But some of them didn't have sons uh, and were too old to remarry. 
Uh, so they literally just took care of those families until they died, and they used the tithe to do that. And that is a responsibility of the church. We're not doing well. There should be no reason that welfare should exist in America mm-hmm. when when we have such a thriving church in America. It, do, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, those two shouldn't be on, the, on a bar graph together, like yeah. almost equal. Yeah, it's like we have high church population, but we also have a high wel- welfare. No, uh, the, no, no, like, 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 and and the difficulty with that, uh, a lot of church members don't tithe because they share the same kind of apprehensions that you do. I'm, I'm not sure where this money is going. I don't really understand the tithe. Nobody's explained it to me. They just tell me to give, and I'm giving to God. Like, why does God need money? Um, <laughs> and and George Carlin. Yeah, Carlin's <laughs> bad at finances. <laughs> and there's just again not enough people that are willing to sit down and, and think these things through. Not enough people that are willing to sit down and explain it to the people that need to know it. And and the church a lot of the times has fallen short of, of, of taking care of the community in ways it needs to. It does sometimes. My sometimes, question is why though? Why hasn't there been a church that to kind of help I mean, sway I'm, people in, into having a different mentality looking at the church? Why hasn't there been a church that instead of just preaching all the time, actually become more active and try to help their community from the inside? Yeah. A, a lot of churches are active and are trying to actively help the community, I think the biggest setback is that their initiative only stretches as far as their church walls. Okay. If it was collectively together, like the church in Texas decided we're going to do something about poverty, then then we could make an impact that lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, even if just the churches in San Antonio decided together we're going to do something about this problem of homelessness that is like overwhelming mm-hmm. in San Antonio right now. We would make an impact. Um, Isn't that partially just like going back to the whole idea of like division, like different s- different sects absolutely. of the same, absolutely. you know, and, same and, and everybody thinks, you know, like God's, God's moving me in this direction and, and, you're talking about you're talking about Catholics and Protestants and Lutherans uniting, yeah, and, and that's just not going to happen. If you could put your yeah, <laughs> if people could just put their 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 overall agenda and their personal right. differences aside, and right. just understand that we're all human beings, we all have the same basic needs, mm. um, you know. And and you know, quite, quite honestly, another reason why I believe in Christianity, uh, why it's compelling to me, is because of the kind of antagonism that Christianity has. Like, I don't think any other world religion is quite as segmented as Christianity. And I, I don't think any other world religion has suffered so much in terms of their the impact that they make on their environment. I don't think that any other uh, world has suffered so much because of those divisions uh, as compared to Christianity. I could be wrong, but this is just my, my personal observation of those things. And, I think that if we believe the Bible and saying that there is a real God, then you also have to believe the Bible and saying that there is a real enemy. And that enemy really is at work in our world to, to prevent us from teaching the truth, prevent us from really giving someone an understanding of their universe and the opportunity to really enter into that same eternity. And 
uh, one of you mentioned earlier this this kind of idea of like you know this eternal paradise or eternal damnation being like something that you couldn't get down with. I can't remember which one of you it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> hands up. <No. laughs> and 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 to to borrow from Ravi Zacharias again, this like contesting between good and evil made even more sense to me when. I thought about truth and purpose being at the center of it all. Like, let's say, you know, you, you designed and built a computer. Certainly you designed it to function in a certain way. Uh-huh. Now, if for whatever reason, some bug in the system, some, some kind of glitch, whatever, it ceased to function in the way that you designed it to, of course, naturally you think there, there's, there's something wrong with that. You would intervene to try to resolve that. And when I think about our life, if, if I do believe that we are creation of God and that God is indeed all-knowing, all-powerful, all-good, then it really is that God designed us to live in a certain manner. He designed us according to a certain purpose, like a, a fish is designed to live an aquatic life, to be in the water. Mm-hmm. And when we deviate from that, we're really like trying to live contrary to our purpose, which is just destined for destruction. So you, basically you're saying we have our, our, a flawed part of the system from what was um, the intention. I, 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 I guess you could say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that most people would agree when you think uh, about murder. You're like, no, that's wrong. And we say that it's wrong because murder violates life. And we assume that there's some kind of purpose for living. So good and evil isn't so much of uh, following sets of rules, but good and evil is purpose and violation of purpose. And I think that um, when I think about, well, does... God really have some kind of imbued purpose inside of creation in the first place? Or is there a God to give purpose to the universe? It, it's kind of strange when we look at something, like when you look at that computer, you look at that uh, 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 receiver, you look at that soundboard, you look at it, you see that there is both intelligence and intelligibility in it. It's complex in its balance and its operation but you're also able to perceive and understand it now if you found intelligence and intelligibility in anything out in the wild like uh you saw a boat sitting out in the middle of a desert you'd be like what that's kind of weird it's a smart uh, boat. I'm going to go talk to that boat. <laughs> no. Sorry. But you, you look at a boat in the water, and you can, you can perceive the intelligence and the intelligibility. You can see that this was meant to be a vessel to be traveled upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see how it's constructed in such a way to stay afloat on, on the water. Mm-hmm. But you see that intelligence displaced in the middle of a desert somewhere that's contrary to its purpose. And you think that there's something wrong with that picture. Yeah. What, what happened to that boat? <laughs> who, who hurt you, boat? <laughs> who hurt you, boat? <laughs> who took you here? Who, who, who left you here to die? <laughs> 
<laughs> but but that that's the same way I think that we should uh, be able to observe the universe. We are far more intelligent than anything that we've designed ourselves. Why do we assume that our intelligence is not the same created from intelligence? See a boat sitting on the middle of the desert. You imagine somebody made that. That is not a naturally occurring thing, so to speak. See an iPhone in the middle of a forest? Of course, you got to cop that. But <laughs> now, now going on, I, I, I may be coming really left field with this, but with you saying that, as far as like us coming from something more intelligent, like a, from uh-huh. another intelligence, uh-huh. with the universe being as vast as, as it is, aliens. Yeah, how do we not know that we're from another alien race that just kind of put us here? That. I believe in aliens. That, 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 either way you look at it, I've always told Adam, we either aren't alone or we are alone. And either way, that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because there must be some kind of affinity and infinity at play mm-hmm. in existence. It has to be according to the laws of physics. You know, but energy- well, well, my, for, for me, but my question for you was... Is like is that well? Is that almost as believable as uh, it's, as, it's, as Christianity for it, you, or I, I think it is, or a possibility maybe. I think it is a fair possibility. Okay, I think that there is more observable evidences to make the case for Christianity than to make the case from uh, humanity being a product of an alien life form or alien intelligence, and and I would say that that is another case for for Christianity that there is more observable evidences to make the case for Christianity, at least that I've been able to detect or find, not only in my own labors, but theologians and and, and historians from recorded time. (laughs) Uh, And I I only, you know, asked that question because I just wanted to kind of see where... And the thing about it, it just just makes the question wider. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as soon as we get an answer to where humanity comes from, we have to ask the question, well, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? That's that's why it creates this kind of finity and infinity working at the same time, because at some point there has to be some kind of point of origin. But as soon as we decide that, that point of origin has to have an infinite past. Where does Thanos fit in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because 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 when you're talking about uh, aliens, and again, I I just want to I don't know where these uh, images come from that were so established the with the, the, the I'm not talking green. about yeah not the balloon headed <laughs> green yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about that that's just anything that's extraterrestrial out of this planet. out of this planet exactly it could look exactly like us whatever anything like that so for me I'm thinking. Um, I think it's called the uh, Large Hadron Collider. That, that that thing scares me. Yeah, so you know they they shoot a couple of particles together, you know, to you know, recreate uh, the atmosphere. They're trying to make a black hole, man. Well, they're, 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 trying, they're trying to recreate the Big Bang. That's what they were trying to do. They're trying to test that theory of like yeah. let's let's see what happens when these things collide. And they're they're trying to see if if this alludes to you know how the universe is created and stuff like that. And it's interesting because in that reality, in that device that huge collider that they built you know it's Mm -hmm. it's massive but that would technically be a universe within itself because the only things that exist in that vacuum are those those Mm -hmm. particles that they put in there that they 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 shoot into each other it gets even more wild when you when you really step further back and 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 think like well how (laughs) is there even space 
li- literally physical space for that kind of reaction to even happen in the first place. Like that's a, that's another like mind blowing like space is a thing. Just just yeah. area for which things to even happen well, in. Well, but but that's that's the whole idea that I'm thinking. If they're recreating the Big Bang in this um, this particle accelerator, you know, like that's that's yeah. like you said, it's a space within itself. It's a vacuum within itself that that these very small particles that if they were uh, cognitive mm-hmm. particles. If they were, if they were mm-hmm. cognizant, um, then they would have no idea who or what we are. And in that way, we'd be playing God in that sense of like, we created mm-hmm. this thing. So we do have that potential to mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> so, so going back to what you were saying, what's to say that that hasn't happened already? You right. know, or you get into simulation theory, like, are we running a simulation of a simulation of a simulation, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. it goes back. Yeah, but, and, but even then, there has to be a, a source point. Yeah, and, and, point. and I, think, I, think, um, I think that's why I can sympathize with agnosticism, because there's an endless number of questions and an endless number of possibilities. Yes. Um, but for me, when it comes down to it, like, there's only one thing that is true. That must be the case. There's only one thing that is true. So out of all these possibilities, out of all these questions, what is most reasonable? What is most true to life? What is most cohesive? Not just answering the question of the possibility of my origin, but but really comprehensively answering the questions of life. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Again, Stolen from Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Um, you can tell. I, you can tell. I like that guy. I like that guy. What are we doing with you on the podcast? We need to get this guy. We need this Ravi Zacharias, dude. Yeah. Well, to answer to answer those questions in a comprehensive way, yeah, um, that ring true to life and and even speak to the longings in our own hearts. Um, yeah. When when I can find something like that, I, I would I would make a reasonable conclusion based upon that because it's it's not valuable mm-hmm. for me to spend my life continually asking questions and never having any kind of framework right. where in which to actually make decisions from. Okay. So going back to what you were just saying with the the whole understanding the uh, agnostic perspective, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. If we're in agreement with that, right? Cuz I can relate to that as well cuz I've been there. At that point, see for me it was it was like, well, here I am. Mm-hmm. Things could be or they couldn't be. Mm-hmm. So on one path you have purposelessness, yeah. you have nothingness, <laughs> yeah. and on the other path you have like the greatest story mm-hmm. ever told that has mm-hmm. a large amount of potential meaning, yeah. yeah, and that you can extract very human truths and a certain number of evidences, yeah, yes, regardless of whether or not it's true, it's a story, it's a story, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can extract the essence of what it means to be human from that collection of stories. So like to me, I'm thinking, well this is providing some sort of actual path rather than just like, uh, there's nothing and life is meaningless and go kill yourself. There's honestly a lot of students that I work with that that's where they are in their thinking. I, yeah. The universe is just a big old ball yeah. of meaninglessness. I need but, to but the, kill that's, myself. That's the most depressing thing ever because, oh, yeah. because then if, if, you, if you do subscribe to that belief and you say, well, I'm okay with it though, but then why do anything? Like why have a profession? And, why and, be, why, and why is, try to be the best? This is why, whatever, I, this is why I can't understand <laughs> atheism because they admit that, that. They admit that there is no meaning and the ones that don't go insane, um, and I, I mean that very earnestly, like they argue against religion because you know they're they're saying that's for 
weak-minded people that need something mm-hmm. in order to come to terms with the fact that there is there is no meaning. Um, and and then in the same breath, they'll explain away why they do anything by saying that they're making meaning of their own. And I'm like, you can't do that because in order to do that, you have to work from this frame point that you somehow have meaning. You can't you, something meaningless that gives meaning to something else means you're just both meaningless. Yeah, like yeah. I thought there me, was I thought there wasn't any meaning. There's maybe no that's why I don't that. agree with atheists. You know, in that sense, because. Mm-hmm. I may not believe in a higher power, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I know I'm here for a reason. Uh, Things are here. mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's for me, it's like, I'm just going to live to the best of my abilities while I'm here. To me, I look at God and the devil. For some reason, if you look at those two words, by the way, God and devil, they resemble the words good and evil very, very closely. And so to me, to me, it always, (laughs) that is a conundrum in English. Yeah. yeah, It always just seemed like a huge metaphor. They did that on purpose. Yeah, they they did. That's what I'm saying. I was like, that's, that's thought out. Uh, But it just seems like a huge metaphor. It's like, well, if you believe there is such a thing as goodness, Mm-hmm. Things can be good yeah. versus evil, the classic mm-hmm. struggle. Uh, if you can subscribe to that belief, then you can very easily identify with God and and devil, or 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 Actually, believing that I would I would go further than that. Okay, and saying like <laughs> if you subscribe to the idea of good and evil, you must believe that there is a God or in in some some contradiction. To this mm-hmm. God, I, I not necessarily devil, but you know whatever. Because if you believe that there is a good and if you believe that there's a moral law, that's what you're that's what you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's this framework, this intelligent framework system of of good and evil. Then you must posit that there is some kind of lawmaker. This this isn't from you. And it, it is hard to get around that. It's yeah. hard to get around that because you kind of have to get around history. Mm. Like, if I believe the Bible, and so far as much as the story of creation, Adam and Eve, Noah, everything like that, then the origin of man is theistic. That is to say, all people at one point in human history believe that there is a God. And atheism is a deviation from that atheism is an anomaly quite frankly hmm. and it, it doesn't really follow any kind of pattern or reason, reasonable thinking that that's just my honest opinion on it and i think it's more than my opinion on it i think when we think of logic and reasoning in terms of addressing good and evil it doesn't follow in any kind of pattern of reasonable thought if you are an atheist, if you believe there is no God, you must also believe there is no moral law. Uh, any kind of atheist that um, has any kind of credentials agrees with that. It's unfortunate that somehow they kind of jump through hoops to to backtrack and say that they're creating their own sense of morality or their own sense of purpose or their own sense of truth. Because you have to have something to to, to, yeah, to get that out of going back yeah. to your your good good versus evil my outlook on that is how i define the two mm-hmm. right let's take like pain for instance mm-hmm. you you wouldn't want to inflict pain on somebody cuz you yourself wouldn't like that yeah and so that's where my moral compass would be standing and and i and that's reasonable that's mm-hmm. reasonable but that begs the question why does 
pain occur in the way that it does? Why does pleasure occur in the way that it does? This, this is not necessarily a product of evolution because not all instances of pain actually do anything to endanger our health or lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, most particularly emotional. Yeah, the same emotional yeah. pain. Why do babies laugh and cry? It does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there's so much truth to that. Because there are times when, like, we, this is our first time meeting. Mm. My daughter's one. Mm. Um, and there's, there's instances where, like, you've probably heard her right now in the background kind of laughing. Nothing is happening. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And she just, <laughs> what the hell are you laughing at? Like, just out of nowhere. It, and I, it, I just attributed that she was a female. And <laughs> estrogen is just kind of kicking in. Because oh one minute God. she's laughing, the next minute she's mad. So I'm like, you're just having mood swings like crazy. And, and you know, like even a child as old as, uh, or as young as one year old, like, like we can determine, oh, you know, there's something, you know, based upon their experiences where they've kind of like learned these habits or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they attach like these memories to certain things, uh, certain occurrences in their life. Like, uh, I don't know, I, I could think of some stupid example. But, it, but even it newborns. They, but, but even newborns. They come out of the womb yeah. laughing and crying. Most of them don't come out laughing, but, you know, they laugh soon <laughs> after. Um, yeah. And it doesn't make any kind of reasonable sense to why they do so. And, unless there is, indeed, some kind of a sense of good and bad that our minds and bodies were formed to coincide with. But what if that is is not so much uh, a conscious thing? What if it's just the brain itself is still it, it, it's like still figuring out what its body yeah, is? It's, it's, doing, it's doing little <laughs> it's like test checking runs. all the systems. Exactly. <laughs> trying, trying to adapt to the novelty that, but that the it's thing, around. The thing, the thing about it is that would be reasonable if eventually laughing and crying was no longer an, a, an adult Function like we don't still poop our pants. Uh, <laughs> you must not hang out with a lot of alcoholics. <laughs> but but when our when our brains, you know, like are are fully developed and in control, we still have these reactions uh, to stimuli in our lives that we laugh and we cry, and it, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense in the context to do so emotionally like. There isn't really a reason, even if we enjoy something, to laugh. Mm-hmm. There isn't a reason when we experience emotional pain to cry. It serves no physical purpose whatsoever, but it occurs. And the experience of pleasure and pain, most particularly the experience of pleasure, is something that doesn't make sense. What if it's in place for the, the purpose of being able to bridge us together? Again, you're positing purpose to existence, mm-hmm. which can only come from if we are a creation and not simply an occurrence. So it, it, that kind of ideology comes from a universe where in which God essentially must exist. And that's why I think any reasoning, thinking person would at least be agnostic. Mm-hmm. At least. At least, Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, See, I, and I don't. Again, because I'm not in religion, I don't understand. I don't know the difference between agnostic and yeah. atheist. Agno- agnostic would be, in in general general terms, uh, the word means literally without knowledge. 
And it's kind of uh, to roll back the tape in the timeline of religion. There's this uh, kind of divergence from Christianity uh, that called themselves the Gnostics. And they had sort of a, a Hinduistic spin on themselves in the sense of saying like, uh, all spirit is good and all flesh is evil. So there wasn't anything uh, about their behavior that made them good, bad, whatever. They kind of just did whatever they wanted to. And it was kind of like this sense of like, inside of me is the knowledge of God. Inside of me hmm. is is this truth, is, which is... It's all becoming very clear to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, there was one time my mom called me a Gnostic. She's like, you're uh, like, that's like Gnosticism. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, yeah, because you don't read the Bible. I'm like, whoops. No. So, so yeah, with, with, not, with me not really like putting labels on anything, I feel like that I probably lean more towards that than probably yeah. atheists. So, so... But the thing about it is, I'm, I'm not though. <laughs> Just by the way, but the thing the, the thing about it is, Gnostics would would in modern day be considered kind of extremist because they could go out and kill your daughter and still be like, "Oh, I'm going to heaven because knowledge of God is in me." Like, "Oh, yeah, I did that in my flesh, but that's not important because all, all oh, flesh yeah, is okay, all flesh is evil, all spirit is good. My spirit's going to heaven." Yeah. Uh, so, and and that's where the term Gnostic comes from. That's knowledge. That's like they possess innately this knowledge of God. Uh, so agnostic would be not in the sense of there is no God, but in the sense of, you know, we're without knowledge, like we cannot have knowledge. So uh, agnostics, uh, the term would be referring to themselves as like, okay, God is, but there isn't any way for us to discover the identity of God or, or uh, come close to understanding the mind of God. So we're just kind of here, left with a bunch of questions that we'll never have answers to. And I can understand that because there certainly are a lot of questions that because of our limitations, because of the limitations of human existence, we cannot get answers to. I'm okay with that uh, because I have, I have enough evidence, I think, to draw a conclusion. And atheism means without God. So there's a difference without knowledge, without God. Atheism suggests that there is no possibility that God is. So they're they're stating the opposite of all theistic worldviews. There is no God. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's just basically asserting for sure that there is no God versus mm-hmm. saying, well, I just don't know enough to know that there is or isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So atheist is like, nah. Agnostic's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I'm over here like, hey, I'll find out when I, when I die. <laughs> well, that, to me, that sounds more like an agnostic thing. Yeah. Than an atheistic that's, thing. That's kind which, of... Which, uh, by the way, the whole atheist thing, though, by the way, another thing that pisses me off is when atheists try to hide behind science. You know, some of the, the most influential scientists, like Isaac um, Newton... Almost all of them. Were Almost Christians. all, yeah. Well, the ones that contribute, like the the very large ideas that we still adhere to, like yeah. I said, like Isaac Newton, Einstein, people like that, they believed in a god, and yeah. maybe they're more or less like a religious in a way, but they still acknowledge a masterful god creator, yeah. and and that, and it's always it's always the mathematical minded people, by the way, the most mathematical people, come to the conclusion that like. This is not an accident because they see the patterns. If you were to try to understand God at all, 
try to like <laughs> advanced mathematics is where it's at. Yeah. Not just number wise, <laughs> just because you're understanding the logos, you're understanding logic. Yeah. Interesting that you say logos. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that's that's really uh, that's really the only name given to the pre-incarnate Christ before he had this uh, con- concept of being the son of God or the Messiah, uh, Messiah being Hebrew, Christ being Greek, same word. This person was spoken of as the word of God. Well, the word of God was spoken as, as if it had its own authority, its own identity. And in Greek, it is the logos. Pretty interesting. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is if... If the people who are contributing the the most amount of what we consider to be acceptable knowledge mm-hmm. in terms of math, science, technology, but, and those are the people that are uh, like they're saying, you know what, based on my findings and based on my research, it seems pretty damn likely. And, and that, that I, is why <laughs> that is why I say it is the brilliant minds are being stolen from the church by our yep. education system. Yep. It is systemic because they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the the reason why these scientists went on their ventures in the first place right. is because is they like, believe there is a God, or or at least just the question of oh, like yeah. trying to discover God. You know, maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't believe, but maybe they. You well, know. well, well. Most most of them, most of them, it was an adventure to prove the existence of God rather than to disprove. And it it is rather interesting. Many many of the. European scientists that, that we know of were in fact Christian and you know a lot of others were deist uh, not deist in the sense that we, we think of it today but deist in the sense of they they were theistic in, in their thinking. Uh, they believed that there was a God. Most of them had kind of this Judeo-Christian framework that they worked from though not necessarily identifying themselves as Christian. So it is rather interesting that we see that, but those, those, those things are not talked about in universities, they're not talked about in our, even our uh, college preparatory education level, uh, intentionally so. And I think a lot of educators now do not know that they're being engendered to, to, to teach that way or to think that way. I thank God for the professors and the teachers that I fortunately had growing up because they did not care. They were uh, they wore their Christianity like a a badge of honor when they taught. And um, every time you know I encountered one of them, like like I was new to their class or whatever, and they started talking about God and and how God ties into culture and science and history. And I'm like, are you are you tenured? Are you going to lose your job? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like I got nervous for the right, right. <laughs> but um, it's it really is a, a, a tragedy that will teach these things from people that uh, framed you know these these ideas working from a theistic perspective, and will even go as far as to use those ideas to try to say, you know, there is no God because I believe in this, this, and this. And it's, it's really strange. Um, and it's funny that you mention Isaac Newton mm-hmm. um, because he's really responsible for the first and second laws of thermodynamics. Uh, this, this sense that the energies neither be cre- yeah. uh, energy yeah. can neither be created nor destroyed. And, yeah, it's and, and, all and, of classical <laughs> physics is founded on his principles. And, and the second law 
is just as important when we come to thinking about does God exist. We see that all energy in the universe is gradually moving toward a state of entropy, gradually becoming less and less useful. And if that was true about our universe, then we should not still exist. What I'm saying is this. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Therefore, if there is no external thing to physical matter, external thing to our physical existence, then all energy in the universe had to have always existed stretching out into eternity past. Mm -hmm. But we have a finite universe that is moving towards entropy. If it stretches out into eternity past, it would have already reached its state of entropy. Maybe it's circular. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't work that no, way. No, entropy doesn't work that I'm just, way. I'm just throwing some spitballing here. <laughs> spitballing. Entropy doesn't work that way. So I, it's just it's 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 uh, so 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 collapsing if, into a black hole and emerging out the other side. <laughs> That's one theory, man. Everything just gets sucked up into black holes, and on the other side, it just gets regurgitated. Well, and well the thing about it, the thing about it, even even black hole uh what whatever you know was the root cause of the black hole was energy so black holes are are, are themselves energy. energy are themselves you know moving towards a state of entropy so black holes would eventually fizzle out so everything in the universe would be completely useless no reaction could happen whatsoever once entropy is reached so since we are still moving, thinking, breathing, then one of three things must not be true. Either the first law must not be true, or the second law must not be true, or there's something external to the physical universe which is responsible for creating it. And what could we call that if not God? Well, yeah, man. I think this is a good. Uh, I think this is a good stopping point. By the yeah. way, this. this uh, <laughs> Very interesting conversation. Yes, sir. Very enlightening as well, as as my conversations with you always are. Indeed. <laughs> so I, I uh, you know, appreciate you for that, and uh, hopefully uh, you had fun as well, Joseph, yeah, this, meeting Nathan. This, this is probably one of the funnest episodes we've yeah. had. <laughs> oh, that's good. As far as, like... Just engaging, yeah, you know, yeah. Was, oh, that's uh, awesome. That's w- awesome. That's without very... without totally just going into like juvenile you know, <laughs> humor all the time. Well, I, I'm glad so. I got to be a part. Uh, uh, not not to say that I wouldn't enjoy the juvenile. Well, you know, I mean, like, there's, there's always room for another episode. You know, with, if you want to come back oh, and, yeah, and talk sure. more, because yeah, we could, sure. we could we could go on more more stuff. We could go on further about this. So, uh, do you have anything to promote at all? On, doing anything? Um, I mentioned earlier, I'm yeah. a missionary with San Antonio Youth for Christ. Of course, since we are a missional nonprofit organization, everything that we do works off of donation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's really not the only way to be a part of what we're doing. You know, if you wanted to find out more about us, just look us up at saifc.com, uh, like San Antonio Youth for Christ, saifc.com. <laughs> yeah. um, there's opportunities to volunteer. Um, I also manage our website, so uh, I'm sorry if it looks bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it, but it, it, it looks it looks really good. Um, there's actually two new job openings. Um, 
as well, and you should you should be able to get on soon to see this. We have a job opening for like a an administrative position for uh, volunteer coordination and a missional position for our juvenile justice ministries, um, working with kids inside of the juvenile justice uh, department. So like kids in and out of uh, juvenile detention, all that kind of stuff. So. Scare them straight with God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something, something like that. Uh, uh, but yeah, we we have a parent life ministry, works with teen parents clearly. I'm a part of our campus life ministry that gets to actually go into schools, meet kids where they're at, and uh, kind of kind of feels like our, our campus life and city life program kind of feel like, oh, after school programs really work themselves out to feel uh, more like mentoring than anything else um and you know i think just outside looking in it's sometimes hard for people to find value in what we're doing i can't tell you how many times somebody told me you know why don't you just get a real job Uh, (laughs) i've I've heard this before i'm all too familiar (laughs) but uh but genuinely like even if we're not talking about faith if we're just talking about an adult being engaged in a young person's life, caring about their experiencings, yeah. being there to to guide them through possibly the most uh, uh, tumultuous time of their lives, being a teenager, trying to figure themselves out, trying yep. to figure life out, yep. you know, is is proven by however many different studies, however many different uh, results based programs to be the most impactful thing to prevent them from, you know, getting involved in drugs and gangs and all, all sorts of craziness, uh, even socioeconomic stability. Um, none of our programs are results-based programs, but we're actually working on changing that. And when I say re- results-based programs, what I mean is there's actually data to show that, hey, our involvement here is making this kind of impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're using the 40 developmental assets to actually try to figure out, uh, well, how, how do we measure up in terms of what kind of impact are we making? But we just started that. So awesome. it'll be yeah. interesting to see those results at the end of this year. Well, thanks oh, yeah. for coming, man. Like, yeah. it, was, it was fun. Like, definitely. Definitely. When you co- have you come back if you can. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. By the way, I, I will be going on a spiritual journey. Oh, okay. That's, that's what I was telling you about, too. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be going to Ecuador for a couple of weeks. Did you and, go to uh, Ecuador before? Was it? What, no, what was, last time. I, I went to Costa Rica Costa a few, Rica. few oh. years ago. Oh, for okay. That was for like a study abroad thing oh, for okay. Spanish. But uh, last year I went to Bosnia and Croatia. But, but this year I'm going to Ecuador so I can do ayahuasca. So oh. I'm going to go on my own. You're going you're gonna to have to teach me how to do that on your bank account. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't know how, how a man just as broke as me is traveling the world. Wow. <laughs> Cheap flights and, uh, you know, places to stay as well, too. That oh, okay. helps when you don't have to spend yeah. bo- boatloads of money for hotels and whatnot. So, yeah. you know. Okay, get that, that networking game. Yeah, right it helps now. to know people and to, to go to travel with people as well so you can lower your expenses and all that stuff but uh but yeah but the the, one of the main goals for me about going there is because i want to get on my spiritual journey as well get a little guidance from the ayahuasca so okay so that's that'll be a thing so that'll be interesting i want to probably talk to you about that when i when i get back and (laughs) i'll tell tell you what happens (laughs) maybe i'll be a new man Uh, (laughs) but uh all right man
Yeah, see, that was a pretty good episode, right? Probably one of my favorites to make, admittedly. It was a really good conversation. I uh, enjoyed listening back to it again almost a year later. And, uh, you know, recording this commentary about it, too. Woo! Probably my least favorite part of making these is editing it, because that's the most time-consuming. But it has to be done, nonetheless. And speaking of donations, I'm contemplating doing uh, some sort of Patreon thing at some point. So look for that in the near future. Uh, it would definitely help motivate me to get these out in a more timely manner. Um, my time is mostly spent doing my job, the thing that makes me money. And I really like doing these, but again, it's very time consuming. And I would like to put more time into it, but obviously there's a trade-off there. Anyway, be on the lookout for the next episode, number nine. I interview a good friend of mine, Deanna Valone, a very creative musical person and inspiration, a very talented individual. And we actually end up talking in great detail about the ayahuasca trip that I had mentioned a few times already. So that'll be a really uh, interesting one for you to listen to. Uh, we had a really great conversation. We got together a couple weeks ago. So again, I just need to spend the time to sit down for a few hours and uh, go through, edit, make some commentary, all that kind of stuff that is necessary for making these episodes. Okay, I've been running my mouth too long now, so I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to all of you. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate every one of you.